As I was praying the Lord to guide me in, in the preparation of this sermon, this story came to my mind. It's the story of the crossing of Jordan River and also the way that uh, God asked Joshua, the leader, to build uh, a monument, a memorial, uh, that will remind it to the next generations uh, of the great and mighty acts that God did at the Jordan River. And I believe that as we are approaching again this new year, there are things that we need to build as a memorial uh, monument, where we remember the faithfulness of God, where we are sure to remember that God has been with us, and it will be with us in this next year. And it will be again the year after if he doesn't call us home or his tarries to come. Because he is faithful. He is faithful to his promise. So please open your Bible or your digital device in Joshua chapter 4. We'll read it from verse 20. But I will encourage you to take the time and to read chapter 3 also in chapter 5 with all chapter 4, to have a better understanding of this passage. Joshua, chapter 4, we'll be reading from verse 20 to 24. In those 12 stones which they look, they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up a Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, What do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know. Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over. As the Lord your God did it to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over. So that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Amen. You see, the crossing of the Jordan River is one of the most significant events in the, all our biblical history. The Israelites had wasted 40 years of their time going around the wilderness in a barren desert. It was a time where they should learn the faithfulness of God and um, being able to discern the way to bring these people in the promised land that God has promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Instead of for their rebellions, they stay in the wilderness for 40 long years. Now, an old generation is passed. An old generation die in the wilderness, except to people, Joshua and Caleb. These two men believed, and because of their faith in God and the promise of God, they were allowed to go and enter the promised land. But all generation, all the generation that left Egypt, die in the desert because they mistrust God. So they are now ready to cross the Jordan River to come and conquer the land, finally. And you see, they arrived at the Jordan River with anticipation to go in the promised land. But the Jordan River wasn't the season of the flood stage. So 
the water were, the current were so strong that it was impossible for them to cross the river and take conquer of the promised land. So you see the battle here. The anticipation to go in the promised land is stopped almost from what their eyes were seeing. A river that was impossible to cross. And you know, maybe this will be a situation similar to some of us this morning. We are looking to anticipate the blessing of God. We are looking to anticipating something that God has promised to us very strongly. And maybe now we see that blessing coming closer to us. But we see before us also an obstacle that is impossible to surpass. Isn't that moment that God intervened again in showing his faithfulness? I want to tell you this, that God is faithful. And when we are facing situations that are impossible to us and to surpass, God is showing up and is showing that he is powerful to change our impossible situations. Crossing the Jordan River brought closure to Israel's wandering in the wilderness. Sometimes God is making us facing impossible situations to bring closure to something that was not worthy. Sometimes the Lord is placing in our walk things that are necessary to stop a time of mistrust, unbelief, and stubbornness. The Jordan River was the end of that time. So when we are facing those obstacles that seems to be impossible to surpass, know that God has a better plan for our lives. It's because He wants to put it to closure, something that we insist to be in. You see, chapter 3 describes how God prepared Joshua to give the order and then how the people went through the Jordan River while the water receded. And then chapter 4 is describing what God asked Joshua to do after the Jordan River was crossed. God has a plan, and this plan is detailed for our lives. Praise the name of God because we have the unchanging word of God that is describing the plan for our lives. Through the Bible, we know God's plan for our lives. Through the Bible, we get direction, guidance. Through the Bible, the Holy Spirit is leading our lives and is bringing our lives to a better position where we can enjoy the promised land. God ordered Joshua to remember the crossing of the Jordan River, to build a memorial. And it's interesting the way that that monument was supposed to be built. Twelve men, one for each tribe of the people of Israel, were supposed to take a larger stone from the riverbed and bring it to the shore. Then these twelve stones were placed so that monument can be a reminder to the next generations. This is a time where we celebrate God's faithfulness, Joshua is saying to the people of Israel. God is getting glory from us, from the situation where we were battling in our faith. And when we saw his hand, God is saying saying to us, take something from that experience that you can remember 
for the next future in your life and for the next generation to come. So even if uh, this year, 2018, maybe for some of us it was not the best, God had something there that we can bring in 2019 to celebrate as faithfulness. And I want to take some lesson for us today that we can learn for ourselves. First of all, that God is the God of the impossible. With God, we can overcome the impossible. I truly believe that. You see, God showed his power to a new generation born in the wilderness. A new generation was raised in the wilderness without knowing the power of God in Egypt. When God delivered the people of Israel from the slavery that they had in Egypt. Do you remember the ten plagues? Do you remember how God divided the Red Sea and allowed the people to cross? So this new generation need to see that the mighty hand of God again. And let me tell you something, church. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he had done in the past is willing to do for the new generation. And I'm not saying just the generation based on, um, let's say, age. But I'm saying a new generation of believers. If God has saved you and you are a new believer from a few years or a few months, know that the same God that was faithful in the time of the apostles, in the time of the great revival of the past centuries, is the same God that can show His power even today in 2019. The crossing of the Jordan River is a fundamental step in the process of the growth of the people of Israel. You know, after the crossing of the Jordan River, we have the conquer of Jericho, the city with these amazing walls to protect her. But you know that less than one chapter is used to show the conquer of the city of Jericho. And we think that is a mighty action of God. But two old chapters almost are used to describe the crossing of the Jordan River. It means that God has something to really to teach to the people and to us today. First, we see that the crossing marked the moment where Israel began to possess what God has promised. And second, the crossing of the Jordan River showed Israel that they could not conquer the promised land unless God would be with them. And this is the same for us this morning. First, we need to know that God is faithful in all times. And then we need to know that we cannot move on in 2019 unless the presence of God will be with us. We cannot conquer the blessing that God has in store for us in 2019 unless the presence of God will be in our hearts. Also, the stones that were taken from the riverbed remind us that Conviction is more important than convenience. Conviction is more important than convenience. You see, God desired the people of Israel to remember Him, to keep Him at the first priority. And why? Because in the land that God promised to these people, there were so many different gods. And among them, two major divinities, Baal 
in Asherah. These two divinities were worshipped by the people of the land because they rely on their help to have success in the sowing and harvesting the land. So the worship together of these two gods will assure the people of Canaan that they will be blessed. And God will say to them, don't trust those gods. I am the only God that will lead you. And praise the name of God for this. You know, we need to be very careful to trust God and God only. In this 2019, maybe we are ready to conquer something. But let's remember that God should have the priority in our hearts, in our minds. Let's remember to put Him as the first priority in this year to come. It was so important to have a symbol, a monument, something to remember. You know, remembering is not easy for us. We have the tendency to forget all the time. That's why we hang a cross in our churches, to remember that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That's why we celebrate the communion, to remember that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was resurrected, and we are proclaiming that He's coming back. So that's why we celebrate communion. There are symbols. There are ordinances that we have so we may remember God's faithfulness and also God's desire to be honored as the top of our desires. So this monument had this challenge. Today, we are facing as a Christian the same challenge that the people of Israel, maybe they faced, is the same dilemma. Worship out of convenience, or we worship out of conviction. What will be the purpose of our lives to worship God? Is because we are waiting something for Him, so it's good that we worship Him? Or because we are convicted in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit, that is the living God, the almighty God, the omnipotent God, and we need to bow down before Him? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? This is the same thing when we talk about giving for the cause of Christ, for the kingdom of God. Some people, they think that if I give it 10, they can receive 100. So it's better. It's a good investment if I give it 10, so I will get back 100. This is giving out of convenience and not out of conviction. Oh, some people, they say, if I receive a miracle... If the Lord will heal me, I will serve Him. I will become a very devoted Christian. But then you are serving God out of convenience and not out of conviction. Make sense to you what I'm saying? God desires to have a heart without reserve, without anything attached on. That's when we worship Him. That's when worship becomes a living sacrifice in His presence. A Gilgal, where the people of Israel arrived after crossing the Jordan River. The stones were piled up into a memorial. Why? Because the purpose of this memorial was so that the people of Israel could teach their children God's faithfulness. You see... When we are doing something to honor God, the impact of that action 
will be passed on to the people around us in a positive way or in a negative way. Joshua was very clear to them. When your children ask, what do these stones mean? You will tell them the story of how God delivered us. My brothers and sisters, we often fail in trusting the Almighty God because we forget the great things He has done for us. And I say this with the purpose to encourage you. Because we serve a faithful God. He has done great things for us. Are you realizing that today you are in the house of the Lord when you can be in the best hospital of the city? Are you realizing that today you have the breath of life? Are you realizing that living under the blessing of God is sparing you from addiction and things that are damaging your body? Because God's grace is in your life. God has done great and mighty things. And oftentimes, the faith of our children, the people around us, the dear ones that we influence with our behavior are not impacted because we are forgetting to tell them that God has done great things for us. And we transmit or we pass on an idea of Christianity that is without flavor, that is not important. But when you are speaking about the things that God has done for you, then you are impacting somebody with the love of God, with His precious actions towards you. And this doesn't mean that you have to cross the Jordan River. It starts from small things. What I'm trying to say is that when we have a Jesus in our hearts and we are satisfied with Him, we know that we can transmit the joy to other people and we bless His holy name. Believe me, this week has been not an easy week for me or for my family. We had a death in our family. A dear aunt of Laura passed away on Friday. The same day, I received a news that a dear friend of mine, a pastor, was diagnosed with cancer. And you think, God, why this? But again, God is in control. And we know that whatever we cannot understand, He one day will show up in a way that we will be blessed through what we are not understanding at the moment. When we look at these things, we remember that we have a a message to give. God is a strength. God is a strength in time of trouble. This is what the psalmist says. And we know that we can trust him. So every time that those people of Israel, the children, we see the rock pile and hear in the story, the people of Israel will have a clear understanding that God departed the water of the Jordan River. And every time you are giving glory to God, even moments where it will be very difficult to praise His name, people will understand that there is something special in your heart. That is not coming out of your strength, but is coming out of the strength of who lives in your heart and who has the priority in it. 
and we praise God for this. You know, those stones were crying loud. God did this for us. By his hand, we crossed the Jordan River. We had seen the blessing of God in our lives. And let me tell you, church, we have a reason to praise God, even in difficult times, because he is the one that sustained us. He is the one that will reach out to us is the one that will honor our faith, is the one that will give us a way out even in the midst of difficult moments. Because he is faithful. And this memorial stands also for us today as we approach this new year, 2019, to remind us that unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Remember that verse in Psalm 127, the first part? Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. My brothers and sisters, let's walk in in this 2019, remembering that unless the Lord is with us, we will labor in vain. Amen? And then the second lesson that we can take is that God blesses so we can make his name known to others. We have a missionary purpose. Joshua told Israel that the stones would serve as a reminder that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is mighty and so that you may always fear the Lord your God. That's the mission that those memorials had for the people of Israel. And let me tell you, church, we have a mission in this church. We cannot forget that if the Lord is blessing us, it's because we have to bring the message of Jesus Christ to those who have not received yet. God will not bless us just for us. He's blessing us so we will make his name known to others. And I want to remind you that our purpose statement is this, to know Jesus and make him known, bring the heart of God to the heart of man. And our mission statement is to be a biblical-based community of faith that lifts up the name of Jesus, grows together in Christ-centered, loving relationship, and reaches out to our community and the world. This is our mission, my brothers and sisters. And it's good that we begin 2019 remembering that God has given a purpose, a mission. There is no other mission that we have if not to reach out to those who are lost without Christ. If you and I were here this morning, it's because somebody felt the burden and the responsibilities to bring the gospel to us. Can you imagine if you no one could have reached to us? We will not be here. But because they felt the responsibility to be obedient to the Great Commission, today we are saved. We are in the house of God. And as a church, we have this responsibility. We say, Lord, if you are blessing us, help us to make your name known to others. If your hand of blessing is upon our church, is upon our lives, is upon our families, is upon our business, is upon our work. Lord, we want to do this so you may be known 
from others. In this year, 2019, God may ask us to do something for him that will require us to trust him more than what we have. We might even be a little afraid to step in those waters. But we have to trust God. Let me tell you something. If you read the chapter before, chapter 3, you will see that God ordered to the priest to step inside the water with the Ark of the Covenant. Those priests were supposed to bring the presence of God in the Jordan River. And uh, it was challenging. After seeing the current so strong, those priests were supposed to cross the river, put their feet inside the water. It was not that the water departed and then they went inside. No, the water starts to depart when they start to go inside. Many times we want to cross and be obedient when the water are departed. But God is asking to trust him even when the current is flowing. And he said, go inside. Trust me. I will take care. The water will be departed. It's a challenge of faith. And I pray that we will have that challenge in our hearts. You see, those priests were obedient. They trust God. They say, if God is with us, if the Ark of the Covenant is on our shoulder, we know that the water will be departed as he did when God ordered Moses to cross the Red Sea first. The priests did not waver in fulfilling their duty. Try to imagine this. God says to the priest, you go inside the water, the water will depart, but you stand in the middle of the riverbed until all the people will cross. And I try to imagine those priests seeing the wall of water in their left side and the another wall of water in the right. And they were in the middle. You see, faith needs to be kept alive all through the process. Their perfect accomplishment of duty allowed all the people of Israel to cross the Jordan River. Let me tell you, church, God is faithful, but He's waiting for us to trust Him. And we cannot see His faithfulness unless we are willing to step in the cold, strong water. Let's trust God. Let's trust Him. Faithfulness of faith is not just required when you are touching the water. But you have to stay until the things happen. Standing through the whole process. Many times we are the age to receive completely deliverance from the Lord or an answer from God. And we are giving up just when we are ready to cross the line. God is requiring for us faithfulness. You don't know what God can do through your faithfulness. Other lies can depend from your faithfulness to God. From your ministry to God. From the blessing that God is giving to you. From the message of hope that you give it to others. You may not be aware on this life of what your impact had in other people's life. But one day we will know perfectly. And the Lord will reward every single Action that brought honor to him. Those stones were taken from the river bed, not from the river banks. 
It would have been very easy for the people of Israel going to the shore and taking those stones to build a monument. Not, they were taking it from the riverbed, from the middle. And you know why? I believe something. The current or the strength of the water on the rocks removed all the edges of the rocks. They were cleaned. They were not able to hurt anymore. Sometimes we look for the easiest things to happen to us. But easiest things sometimes are not the most profitable or the most good. The stones were large, were heavy. And they were taken from the riverbed because there was no ages on the stones. So we can be heavy to carry, but not damaging. Do you understand? God sometimes can ask us to carry a large stone, but it will not hurt us because the ages have been removed. My brothers and sisters, we understand from the text there are two memorials. In chapter 4, from verse 1 to 8, we see Joshua pile up those stones on Gilgal. And then we see in chapter 4, verse 9, that he took those stones on the brink of the river at the age. So this monument will be seen only when the flood stage of time was passed. In a time of drought, when the water were less, you can see still on the brink of the river the monuments and reminding God's faithfulness. I want to tell you something. There are experiences that are very visible when God's blessing is with us. And we praise God because they are very visible, very evident. But also this is a reminder to us that those stones can be seen in times of drought. And we know for experience that even as a Christian, we go through times of drought. Great men of God, they went through times of drought. Remember Elijah? Great man of God. He was the prophet of the fire. After having a great victory, he was praying, depressed. Lord, call me home. I'm not better than my fathers. And he saw God sending fire. Great victory. But it was a time of wrath for him. David went through that. Moses went through that. Even Paul went through that. But it's in those times that we need to remember the faithfulness of God. It's in those moments that we need to remember that God was with us. And when those times are coming in our lives, we are standing and we look back at our past and we understand that God is always faithful. We can change our attitude, but God will never change. It's there for us in all time. My brothers and sisters, may this 2019 be a, a memorial for us where we will see the visible presence of God in times of abundance, but also the visible presence of God in times of drought. Because God is faithful. I remember when I started my ministry, I was a young pastor just coming out of this Bible school, 
And they send me in a very small village in the south of Italy, in Calabria region. And uh, I went to this small village in the mountains. And it was a small church. It was a beautiful building. It was kept a little jewel. And with my surprise, first service, I see only 10 old women. That was my church. And it was such a blessing for me to be and start the ministry with the wisdom of those ladies. I will never forget the way that impacted my life. And I remember asking, why this building is so beautiful kept? We are only 10 people. There is space for 100 people, and everything is perfectly in order. And uh, one of the ladies told me, little brother, because she was almost 90, you have to know that we have to be ready when the time of visitations will come. What a faith in the heart. And you know what? Before she died, she saw the visitation of God coming in the small village. The church was full before she died. My brothers and sisters are times of growth, even for churches. But this shouldn't remove from us the responsibility to continue to do the things that God wants us to do. Amen? And this brings me to the third point, that to see God's favor in our lives, we must move out of our comfort zone. The stones out of the Jordan mark the favor of God among his people. But something that was important to remember is what happened after. God ordered Joshua to do is the circumcision of all the male Israelites. A whole generation was born in the desert without being circumcised. And circumcision was the sign of belonging to the people of God. Now, try to imagine performing circumcision in a baby is different than performing a male adult. It was something painful. But God says, this is what I want you to do. And all the men were circumcised. And they stay in Gilgal until they were healed. Now, was it comfortable? No. Was necessary? Yes. Because this was the sign that those people were belonging to God. More than that, the second thing happened, they celebrate Passover once again. It's the first Passover celebrated in the promised land. And again, it was a celebration. It was something that God forced on them to celebrate because they were easily forgetting the things that he had done in the past. The mighty works that God did for the people of Israel in the land of Egypt. The third thing that happened was that as soon they crossed the Jordan River and they put their feet on Gilgal, they see the manna stopping. For 40 years, God had provided for them the manna. It was like a bread with honey. Something that they had without no working to receive, if not just collecting the manna every morning. But now they are in the land. They have to eat from the produce of the land. 
You see, my brothers and sisters, if we want to promise land, we have to also move out of our comfort zone. There are times where God is reversing on us, is putting on us all the blessings because we are in the wilderness. But there are moments where we have to work to receive the promises. They were supposed to eat from the produce of the land. You can read this very clear in chapter 5 from verse 11 to 12. It means that they now they have to apply themselves to work the land. To move out of that idea that God will provide for you everything. And maybe this will sound strange to you. But you know, even today, there are people that think, I don't need to go to work. God will provide for me. In a different way. Why have to pay the taxes? Because God is coming soon. This way of thinking it is very present. Do you know that people in Thessalonica thought that Jesus was coming soon? They say, well, we have to work. Jesus is coming. Now, for us as a church, you know, there are times that we need to think for the next generations. We need to invest. We need to think that the work of the Lord will continue despite our weaknesses and, and uh, lack of resources. We need to move out of our comfort. And we need to have faith in God. We need to trust God. We need to invest and pass on for the next generation to come, for the people around this community. You see, God saved us and He's brought us in the promised land that is salvation for a purpose. So we may invest in others. God is no working in us. is no saving us just to make us comfortable. Is working in us. Is saving us so we may bring advancement and glory to His kingdom. If God saves you, it's to bring glory to His name. That's the main purpose. We are here on earth. We are saved. We are part of His church so we may bring glory to His name. That's the reality of what we are called to do. Let God be all in our church. So much all in our lives, in our families, that we will understand that is not just because of us, but because of Him working in us. And I love what the prophet Zechariah says, Not by might, not by power, but my spirit says the Lord of hosts. In this 2019, my brothers and sisters, let's remember to move out from a comfort zone. Let's trust God. And let's ask Him to use us for His glory. And let me wrap up this message with uh, some final application. First of all, let us venture into the future being sure that God's presence is with us. If you trust with your life with Jesus, you can go through this 2019 being reassured that His presence is with you. And then we must continue to build memorials for us and for our future generation. And then we must be careful. We do not worship in memorials. We honor them, believing God that will renew His faithfulness in our lives. We are not worshiping the blessing. We are worshiping the giver of the blessing. Amen? Can you stand with me as we close this service in prayer?